actually moved to Atlanta with no job. I basically sold all my furniture at my apartment in Charlotte, fit whatever I could fit in my car, and never looked back ever since. I couldn't walk, I couldn't drive for a few months, and it was just very devastating because I felt like a bum. Welcome to the Beauty Boss Confidential. My name is Ren and I'm a beauty blogger, new mom, makeup artist, and owner of my own makeup academy in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Nalani and I'm a cosmetic tattoo artist and instructor. I run a busy permanent makeup studio and academy in Atlanta as well and also manage a small team. We're two modern women trying to juggle it all from building our empire to being a wife and navigating being a new mom all while making time for ourselves. We're here to share with you the behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a successful beauty business from marketing to business strategies and trying to find that perfect work-life balance. Let's dive right in. I am so excited about today's episode because I get to learn more about my friend and my new business partner, Nalani. She is truly a beauty boss and her story is super interesting. So I'm just going to go ahead and hand it off and go ahead and give us your background, girlfriend. All right. So I will go ahead and start with what I usually don't tell people. And that goes back to my childhood. When I was younger, I was always that creative student. In art class, my teacher always use my artwork as an example, and they would enter my artwork in local county fairs and things like that. And I would get like first place, second place, third place. And that was in elementary school and also in middle school as well. And even throughout high school, my art teacher actually, she used to keep all my artwork to show as an example for the the next class. So I was just like, yeah, go ahead and keep it. I'm not going to do anything, which I wish I kept it so I can look back Mm -hmm. at it. My first major in in college was actually graphics design. And I chose that because, you know, I was naturally great at it. But then looking into it a little bit more, I realized that there wasn't a high demand for that. So I picked the safe route and I went to actually went to nursing school I actually failed out of nursing school and I'm okay to talk about it now because, you know, I have more business and um, it was really hard for me and it was really hard for me to talk about it because I am an overachiever, but I realized that if I really wanted to uh, do it, I believe I could have, but I think deep down inside it all worked out for the best. So while I was in nursing school, one of my friends, she asked me if I wanted to go to a fashion show. And she was in this makeup fashion show actually held by MAC Cosmetics. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. So when I was at the fashion show, I was just in awe with all the artists in the background. And my friend, she was like body painting in glitter and, you know, contour, which I didn't even know what contour was back then. But (laughs) she just looked like a goddess and a piece of art. And I was glancing behind the scenes and I saw the Mac artists and they were just so edgy and so funky. They had purple hair, tattoos, piercings. And I was just like, wow, like that's so dope that they can 
be themselves and nobody cares. So I was very, very infatuated with the, the Mac artists. And at that point, I didn't really wear a lot of makeup. I actually never owned any Mac product. But after that event, every time I went to the mall, I would stop by and just talk to them. And I was that annoying customer that asked to try on 30 different lipsticks and never buy anything. And I actually ended up making friends with the assistant manager there, who I'm still friends with till this day. And we still keep in touch, which is awesome. I always give credit to her because she was really the one that hired me with with no experience. I was juggling working at the corporate job and also at the Mac counter seven days a week and about eight months. I was just like so tired all the time. I really didn't have a life. It was, I just couldn't manage it anymore. So I had to quit Mac, but I did freelance on the side. I was charging like $30 for bridal makeup, but I just really loved it. And it didn't matter at that time about the money. Long story short, you know, I pushed the creative side off to the side, didn't do anything with it. Just did it on the side, but wasn't taking it seriously. In 2010, I actually moved to Atlanta with no job. I basically sold all my furniture at my apartment in Charlotte, fit whatever I could fit in my car, and never looked back ever since. I moved to Atlanta without a job. I knew that I was just going to like make it work no matter what. So I was like, oh, I'll be all right. Like I always make it work. One month into moving to Atlanta, I actually got into a really bad accident. I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't walk. I couldn't drive for a few months. And it was just very devastating because I felt like a bum. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. I was living with my sister, thank God. But I was so independent that depending on someone else was worse than being broke on my own. <laughs> so I had all kinds of job. I was working at the dry cleaner, grubbing neck crust. I was working as a hostess, like getting paid like $10 an hour, which is fine, but I didn't want to do that. So I just kind of needed something to help me get acclimated with life again. So about a year into it, it took me about a year to kind of get over the accident, but I wasn't really like over, over it, but I was just like, okay, I feel like I can go on professional interviews now. So you know, had to get a job. Well, I wanted to get a job because I was just really tired of being down in, in a slump. And I knew that I needed money and I knew that doing makeup on the side wasn't going to get me faster than what a corporate job would have got me to as far as financially. So I got a job at, a, I was a physician recruiter for three years. And then after that, I think it was 2014, I actually decided to quit my corporate job because I was getting really busy with doing makeup on the side. So I was getting calls on, the, on weekdays and I'm like, hmm, okay, maybe the demand is there for weekday makeup gigs. So I was calling off of work and then I was going home early or leaving work early. And so I was just like, yeah, I think it's time. I actually closed on a house and then quit my job a month later. <laughs> So it was really crazy that I did that, but it felt really right. And I was more excited than stressed to quit my job. So that's how people always ask me, like, how do you know when to quit your job? You really just know. In 2014, 
and did makeup for about two years. I did makeup full time and I worked on various sets and had bridal clients and did a few of the reality TV shows here. And I was just over that life because it was last minute. I felt like I was always on call. I was gaining weight. I was not in the best health. I always canceled plans from my friends. I didn't see my family. And I always had my makeup bag like near the door because I knew that at any minute I could get called. And I was tired of that. I, I still love doing makeup, but I was just tired of like the demand. So then after that, I stumbled upon microblading in 2000, late 2015. You know, I didn't seek it. I was just on internet and my sister actually started doing it first. So I was like, hmm, let me try it. So I started off working two days a week. Eventually, a year into it, I was just like, okay, I can't manage makeup and microblading at the same time because makeup was so last minute and microblading was so like appointment based. So I had to pick, obviously, I chose brows. So in 2016, I completely quit makeup, which was very, very sad because it was kind of saying goodbye to something I worked so hard to build. Till this day, people still ask me to do makeup. And I'm like, I haven't even posted a makeup picture in like three years, <laughs> but it's really humbling because, you know, I felt like I was still at my high in makeup when I quit. So I know that at any time, if I wanted to go back, I can because I departed when I was at my all time high. After that, I got a solo salon suite, which was super, super scary because I went from renting a makeup chair to like a solo suite. If you know about those solo suites, they're, they're pretty pricey, but I felt it in my soul. I was like, this is the right step. If I'm going to, you know, reach my potential, I'll have to take this leap. So I took the leap and I was there for about a year and then I expanded to a double suite. And now I have my own 1200 square foot storefront, which was needed because I wanted to grow a team. And also I wanted to do more training. Everything was gradual and through all this, like everything felt organic, scary. There was lots of ups, lots of downs, but I knew that it was one step finding my purpose. So that's pretty much my story yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. That's awesome. You, you know what the, the common theme I found is that whatever you decide to do, you know, you put all of your efforts towards you, you know, you're relentless both in your makeup and, you know, and switching to the microblading and eyebrows. Why do you think that, you know, you're able to be so successful in those different crafts, even though you completely like switch from one to the other? I think for me, it was, I was just like completely obsessed. It was never about money for me. It was always about like bettering my craft and always getting better. I always vowed to myself that I would never want to be in the same position as I was last year. So it's like an obsession. It's like, okay, I set a goal and I'm going to beat it. For me, it's like if I start something, I always want to be the best at it. Whatever it is, I could be like mopping. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the best mopper ever. I just don't settle for mediocre and I always strive for excellence. And being good isn't good enough. Like I want to be great. You know, I want to be a master. I want to be an expert. I don't really like to do things halfway if I'm really serious about it. You know, with this podcast, it's like, yeah, you know, we have an outlet, but 
I really wanted to make it the best damn podcast anyone has ever listened to. So same. And and it will be. We are on our little journey together, but I I think that like that's the common denominator. You can't teach people that hunger and that passion. Um, even in the recent Michael Jordan documentary, he was an okay basketball player, but he was so determined to be the best and he put the work in. So no matter what industry, you know, beauty or whatever, it's it's all about that drive and that time to invest in yourself. So I think that's so amazing. Do you think that you would have done anything different in your journey to become like how how successful you are today? Or would you just say, you know, it was part of making you who you are? Um, I do believe that everything happened for a reason. And it sounds so cliche to say that. But, you know, I feel like the little hurdles were there in place for me to grow from. But if I could do something different, I would say maybe not working in the business as much than on the business, meaning like around 17, 18, that was when I was like completely obsessed with, with brows. And I was, I was like doing brows like seven, pretty much like seven days a week. If you include Sundays are really my only day off. But I, during those Sundays, I would, you know, practice a new technique or have a model for my portfolio. So in essence, I was still working. I would probably thought up about the future a little bit more because now that I'm like super busy it's hard for me to scale back there's this like guilt that I have um, in the back of my mind like oh my god like I built I built so many clients and I've done thousands and thousands of procedures and now that I'm trying to take a step back and pass it on to the next generation there's like some sort of guilt so if I were to do one thing over again, I would maybe just take a step back and just plan for the next two years versus me being like super overwhelmed right now. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing. I think that's really good advice. It's really difficult for especially women entrepreneurs when you have so much to balance in addition to the business to take the time to step back. So how do you step back though? I mean, that's such a hard thing to do. Like, what do you do in order to make yourself take that time away? Uh, it's really hard because I am a workaholic. I I like to think of myself as being really good at multitasking, but my husband thinks I'm like spastic, but whatever. He calls me ADD all the time, but I'm like, I get shit done. <laughs> like, um, You know what? It's, it's a mental block for me. Like being a, a, your own boss, it's like you are free to do whatever you want when you want to do it. But if you don't do the things for your business, it doesn't get done. So I think I always give myself permission. Like two, three years ago, I did start taking Sundays off. And actually this year in February, I'm starting to take Saturdays off. So just allowing yourself to have like one day off and even on Saturdays or even Sundays, I'm like, oh, I got to do this. But I'm like, no, you know what? Let's let's just rest and relax. So that way the next work day, I can be like a thousand percent ready to do what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like giving myself permission, like being gentle on myself a little bit more than I have been like, Hey, I do deserve this break. I do deserve like Saturdays are meant just to hang out with friends or family. And then Sundays are like super lazy days, but I struggle with it though. Cause I'm you know, I can't like even when I'm cleaning, I'm like listening to like a podcast 
you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I can't just sit there and be still, I have to do something to expand, like, my creative flow some way, somehow, I don't know, it's weird, but I'm, I like it that way, though. I don't have a problem with it. But my husband, if you ask him, he'll tell you a different answer. (laughs) Yeah, I know, like, you definitely have a ditty mentality. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sleep, yeah, I don't know the Diddy. What's the Diddy mentality? It's like, like, you know, sleep is for suckers. <laughs> like, if you want to win, you got to go. You gotta go. But he definitely, he enjoys his money. You can definitely. Wait, is this, is this Diddy or Puff Daddy back in the day? <laughs> I think it's the new Diddy. Puff Daddy. It's and, the new Diddy. Yeah, Puff Daddy. <laughs> might be a little bit before our time, though. That was before we even knew what, what, what kind of business we were trying to grow back then. This year, actually, I'm prioritizing sleep. So before I I wouldn't really, but I know that getting older, like you just can't bounce back like how you used to. So I did implement some changes this year as far as like, you know, my goal um, is to work out three to, you know, maybe five times a week, whether it's like a quick stretch, like I count that as a workout, Um, you know, going to the chiropractor at least twice a month, maybe going to massage, maybe once a month. And I was actually on track before the pandemic. But I, you know, being at home, I'm still trying to accomplish those things. So I have been a lot more gentle on myself this year than I've ever have. And I think, you know, as you get older, your priorities shift, like I have parents that are aging, you know, I'm 36 now. And it's like, we have no kids. So we're kind of like, prioritizing that this year. So um, I think in different seasons of life, you kind of have different priorities. And I need to tell myself like, hey, that's okay. Like when I was 23, you know, when I, I discovered makeup, it was just like hustle hard, party, work, go to school, then sleep. And, you know, like you can bounce back uh, better back in the day. But I think right now it's like if I'm had a little bit too much with to drink, you know, it, it takes me like two days to recover. (laughs) I understand. I am such, um, a weakling too. Now I can't even have a glass of wine and then I'm sleepy. So (laughs) change. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) So I want to switch gears a little bit. So I don't know if anyone realizes this, but, um, you know, we are actually two first-generation Asian American women who are running businesses. So, um, what are your thoughts about you know emerging as a podcast um, in your demographic, and what what are you trying to do with that? Well, the start of podcast listening—I actually just started listening to podcasts in August. I think I was following like boss babe and they have like really sassy quotes. And then I clicked on their podcast highlight and I was like, Oh, what's this? I've heard a podcast, but I never really, I always thought it was like audio books, but um, so I was like, Oh, let me listen to this. So I started listening to their podcast and it was just like super casual, you know, five minutes in the car, whatever. And I was just like, wow, this is really interesting. So being an entrepreneur, it's like you work for yourself. And I personally can say that I don't have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs. So I felt like listening to podcasts, it they were kind of like my friend. I was like, wow, there's actually people that exist in this world. But the one thing I found was lacking was the female Asian 
community, like the strong female CEOs. And, you know, while I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about like 401k plans and buying property and, you know, having this trust fund, I was like, I cannot relate to that. So I feel like I wanted to break the stereotype. I always wanted to, to talk back to them really. And, and tell them like, I can't relate to this story because I didn't grow up that way. And I, that's when I felt like there was a need for, um, you know, our generation and especially being an Asian female, there's not a lot of high profile women out there that we can relate to. So I wanted to kind of set the tone for the next generation and like, Hey, like we weren't given these opportunities, but we can create opportunities for ourselves, just like how you and I have done. And, just kind of, you know, be that role model to our nieces or nephews, you know, to the next generation, like they can do it too. Why, why can't we? So that's really one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this was just to give that next generation, whether you are Asian or, you know, a minority or not a minority, like wherever you come from, you can, you can do it too. You can teach yourself things. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to share our journeys with everyone. I think we have a lot to say and um, we are still learning in the process. So what, what are you excited about with this podcast? Like, what do you, what would your most like dream guests be if you could pick somebody to interview for this podcast? I would say I'm a big Beyonce fan and I love Jay-Z and that I feel like, you know, okay, I'm going to dream big. Maybe that one day it's going to (laughs) happen. But I really love like the mystery that they give their audience. They're super successful, but their marketing is is so genius. And for them to be in the industry for, you know, 20 plus years and still remain relevant. I just love their like mystery and their story and how boss they are. And, you know, like when Beyonce was talking about like, pay me in equity. And I was like, I want to know what that means. So I really do feel like they have a really good wrap around success and entrepreneurship and investments. And, you know, like, like they said, generational wealth. So yeah, that would be cool. That would be my dream come true as well. My husband is actually a huge Jay-Z fan and I'm like super like queen, queen bee, like I'm a beehive. So one day, one day we're, we're going to, uh, I know we're going to move that into existence. <laughs> But, you know, I learned so much about you. I want everyone to know what do you have next and where can people find you? What I have next? Oh, my God. So this year I am going to work in more of like an online base direction. I want to launch um, my online microblading permanent makeup academy online for like Uh, intermediate advanced students it's not to replace traditional beginners you know definitely recommend people to come in person to do that and you know the podcast has been on my list as well and also just like upping my marketing game working on the business versus in the business maybe hiring another junior artist and I would love to expand to New York so that's something we're working on and also you can find me at on Instagram at beautybot and also my website, beautybot.com. Everything's beautybot. It's pretty much, you know, the same throughout. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this year. I think this break with the pandemic was a blessing in disguise. I've definitely used this time to put my ducks in a row and dot my I's and cross my T's and I'm ready. I'm ready to launch it when it's safe to go out there again. 
Awesome. Well, so it sounds like the theme is expansion in 2020. And I'm excited to see all the great things to come for you. And, you know, we will be doing this more to come, more exciting topics and guests and conversation. So I think that's pretty much, you know, a wrap for tonight. On behalf of me and Nalani, we want to wish you guys a good night and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Beauty Boss Confidential. If you love this episode, go ahead and screen record your favorite part and tag us on Instagram. I'm Nalani at BeautyBot. And I'm Ren at Makeup by Ren Ren. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And please give us a five-star rating and tell all your beauty bosses. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time. Hey, beauty bosses, Nalani and Rin here, back with another great episode. Thank you so much for allowing us to be in your earbuds once again. It is now August 2020. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy out there. Don't forget to wear your mask, okay? It's crazy. Today's episode was lots of fun to record, but serious at the same time. Growing up as a first-generation Asian female, we definitely have had our shares of being teased and stereotyped in the worst way. We mainly wanted to educate the masses in hopes that you would be more open-minded to navigate the world in a more considerate and respectful way to judge less and love more. Hope you guys find this episode educational. Stay tuned for another great thought-provoking but fun chat.